2: Yeah, three guys who just imposed a few sanctions of their own on Russia. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast, Does Europe? I'm your co host, Joel Jameson Cheeseman. This is Chad, a short form
3: video, so watch. I'm leaving. Did I mention we're organizing a new recruitment congress yet? Van <laughs> once or twice. Once <laughs> or twice. On this episode,
2: <laughs> AI threatens, Germany tells Canoo New, no, and hello, work. <laughs> More like Hello profits. <laughs> am I right? Let's do this.
0: European, talent, intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, Thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence, with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl. Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence.
1: They're not called sanctions when you do it, Cheeseman. They're called spanctions. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, bro. Spanctions. What's up, boys? Another day in paradise, kids. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, I'm getting prepped for a little, I don't know, time in Amsterdam, time
3: with leaving, huh? Hello. Yeah. Some love in Amsterdam. Are you, are you excited to see us, Levin? I am. I actually am. It's been so long.
2: It has been a while. So long. Levin parachutes in on those shows. and We see him for like 12 minutes. He and does. Then he's out. <laughs> so he's James Bond of conferences.
1: <laughs> Comes in, shakes some babies, kisses some hands.
2: Busy, busy, busy. So, Levin, I'm, I'm curious. We're getting a lot of uh, news stories and uh, editorials here in the U.S. about the two-year anniversary of of ukraine as a european what what's the consensus there what what's what's the talk over there across the pond about ukraine
3: we're still deciding on not letting russia win macron the french president just um for the first time mentioned sending troops to ukraine and that's something it's something different it's uh, something else than just sending our f-16s sending yeah. troops shout out all right shout out to the eu
1: that's right this is the european podcast so it just makes sense that's why we do this show man the eu will investigate whether bite dances tiktok breached online content rules aimed at protecting children and ensuring transparent advertising eu industry chief Thierry brenton stated, quote, today we open an investigation into TikTok over suspected breach of transparency and obligation to protect minors. A lot lot behind that. TikTok's owner, ByteDance, could face fines up to 6% of its global turnover. That's global revenue for all you Americans out there. If TikTok is found guilty of breaching DSA rules. Now, expected Revenues for TikTok in 2024, $9.4 billion. 6% of that would be over half a billion euros this i i love me some tiktok but i love this new fine structure even better <laughs> from the eu and hopefully the u.s looks to adopt it
2: all right i'll skip to my shot here's a teaser
3: welcome to all things scottish our slogan is if it's no Scottish. Right, on the last
2: show i mentioned uh i gave a shout out to, to six nations mm-hmm. the uh, the rugby tournament there's a great netflix documentary which i think chad you just watched or watched yep. some some episodes uh-huh February, March, like beginning of March in the U.S. is horrible for sports. Football's over. Hockey's like right in the season. Basketball, <laughs> no one cares. Like until March Madness, we have this gap. And thank God that Six Nations, for me, I'm, I'm embracing it. We had Scotland and England, which are yes. two of the better teams, apparently. It was, it was what one uh, LinkedIn connection told me was a cracker which apparently is a good game if it's a cracker. <laughs> cracker has a different meaning cracker. in the US, but if a game is a cracker, it's a hell of a game. So, I'm down with it. I got uh I got uh Peacock just so I can watch these things. Uh we're going to be in Europe for St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, we get Ireland versus Scotland. I'm all in. I'm down with it. Another shout out to Six Nations and rugby in general.
1: It's like Italy's going to get another wooden spoon.
2: Wooden spoon. And Ireland, two years straight, Scotland could stand in the way. It's going to be an interesting game. Ireland is a fucking juggernaut, dude. Uh Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, Chad, as a parent, you try to embrace things that your kids enjoy. Yes. For whatever reason... My son loves Manchester, England, and he loves Man United. So we have bonded in the last few weeks over Manchester United, who's a pretty good team with some pretty good players – so, yeah, I'm embracing Premier League soccer as well. God help me.
1: Man, you are crackers. <laughs> we Don't are you crackers. use it like that. <laughs> yes. You crackers. said man, you, this- and crackers. Did you see
3: what he just did there? <laughs> my God. Uh, What's your shout-out, Levin? My shout-out actually has something to do with recruitment, yep. which brings us back to our business. Mm. It's a shout-out to Accent's new CEO. And Accent is one of our bigger companies within the group. They have a new CEO. And this is nothing new because we have 52 companies. There's constantly some new CEO somewhere. Mm-hmm. But this one is actually... Pretty interesting. His name is Steen van der Vorst. And he used to be working for the past, I think, 12 years or something in Japan, where he was a president of... um, I keep forgetting how to pronounce the name in English. Adidas. Adidas. Adidas.
2: Adidas. Speaking of Premier League. League
3: Maybe I should call it Nike. It's easier. (laughs) But but it was Adidas. And... the thing I like about it is he's, he's really um, experienced with an e-commerce. And I've been saying for years, we should manage our recruitment like an e-commerce website mm-hmm. because it's about speed and it's about convenience and it's about trust. Yep. So I'm very happy now we're bringing someone with that background into our company in a senior role so uh, we can speed uh, the digital recruitment up a bit. So welcome, Stan. And uh, my upsucking is finished for now. Thanks. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, do do I hear... Oh, oh yeah. that's, what? that's some that's the Kibu, Kibu.
1: Playlist. <laughs> What's going on that, here? Yeah. The e-recruitment congress Kibu Playlist. I love it.
2: That must mean we're going to Europe to see Levan pretty soon. I can't yeah. wait. Levan, tell us about this Kibu thing. Tell us about the Congress. What the hell is going on? I mean,
1: first off, first off, you can't see it because we don't have it on video. Maybe I'll pull it pull it out. But Levan's face just lit up as soon as synthesizer started playing.
2: The, the white guy over by with the dance hands. <laughs> I think I
3: think Kibu Kibu is a cracker. He's a cracker. All right. So what are we doing? And what are we doing in Amsterdam? What you'll be doing in Amsterdam. I don't want to know. <laughs> but um kibu is cool <laughs> and by the way you promised me not to do it before uh the end of the congress okay. so uh <laughs> yeah i know. congress when is it uh march 19th in amsterdam but we were talking about kibu kibu is a finnish guy uh-huh. and he's um Absolute uh, specialist on analog synth synthesizers, and he has his channel has over one hundred fifty million views, so he's really wow. big in a very small community and the community of synthesizer nerds. <laughs> but the guy is really cool. He has a huge collection of vintage synthesizers. He is going to start his European tour with our oh, congress. Wow. So he'll be bringing some numbers during uh, the show, Mm -hmm. uh, during the the Congress. But afterwards, I think it starts at 6 p.m. or something. He's going to bring his whole new um, album, which will be Synthesizer Legends. And uh, you just heard, I think it was, um, what did we hear? Miami Vice, no?
2: Jan Hammer. Wrong (laughs) (laughs) Kibu. Jan Hammer, of course. Yeah,
3: it was. um, Winning. Isn't isn't it from Miami Vice? it's Isn't that the opening tune? No, that's that's original. I've never heard that. That's a that's a that's a keyboard. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. But that's that one was a cover from I think from in Miami okay. Vice somewhere. Jan Hammer composed it. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Jan Hammer was a czechist uh, synthesizer <laughs> guy in, in the eighties, I think, and he he was the the Miami guy uh, opening tune composer. Oh. But I think this wasn't maybe Miami Vice. Apply- Lee even listens to synthesizer here's, podcasts. By the here's way, here's all we yeah. have to know: a
2: bunch of Europeans wearing black with yeah. a disco ball <laughs> keyboard. If it's not, if, a, if a keytar doesn't come out, I don't want it. There, I, I, there better be a keytar and working the synth- and working the boards. <laughs> It's even better than a guitar. He's got like those
3: Roland. Two hundred of those, Kibu's those. biggest
2: fans. I can't wait to see these people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's
3: going to be nuts. I'll be standing on the front row because it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a cracker. <laughs> okay, so Kibu, it's one of the reasons why you have to be at the recruitment congress. Yes. The guy came especially for Finland, or will be coming especially for, from mm-hmm. Finland with a van filled up
2: to the to roof he's in a volkswagen van from 1967
3: <laughs> he's going to be driving for two days straight oh on God. to be just on time to bring his famous kibu songs you'll love it you'll love
2: it. i love it give us those dates again leaving and where they can sign up
3: march 19th and Muziekgebouw amsterdam which is a beautiful location it's the best concert hall in um, in amsterdam in the netherlands i'm sure it's uh, amazing. Also, the tech will be wow. It's will be, and Chad and Cheese will be hosting. Yeah, so.
1: and that's where you sign up. You go to chadcheese.com
3: slash events.
1: chadcheese.com slash events. That's where you sign up. There's even a discount yeah. code that Levan doesn't want you to use, but
3: use it. No, because I was use just it. I was just going to say it's almost sold out. So we don't actually want people using discount codes <laughs> anymore. So we would like everyone to pay the full. Yeah, uh, it's it's only six hundred eighty euros, code. and you get a <laughs> <laughs> Kibu, I mean. Kibu is yeah. in the oh, house, sorry. everybody. All right, all right. Also, Hilke Shellman, maybe for some people that will be more impressive than Kibu. Hilke Shellman, who just wrote the book, The Algorithm, and oh. you had her in our podcast, yeah? Yeah. Love me some Hilke. Love you some Hilke, indeed. Love me some Hilke and some AI. Topics! Topics!
1: Levin, did you have a thought there? No, he was doing topics.
3: I said topics.
2: Oh, you said topics. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is AI a threat or not? Recruitment aggregators are facing change with the rise of AI and talent acquisitions. Some may struggle as AI driven candidate applications increase impacting demand and ad spend. Those adapting with personalization and AI capabilities may thrive while others could perish due to a lack of evolution and investment. Pay per apply models might become more prevalent as AI helps predict application
1: volumes. Winners Losers Chad your thoughts Job boards have had to job sites any any technology in the space has had to evolve quickly. And now because of the velocity of how fast everything's moving from a technology standpoint, it's going to be more important than ever. Being able to just focus on PPC, as we saw, indeed tried to get a, you know, pay per application and paid per started apply, they they had a false start. I see them no question in the future doing that, going down the funnel, and I see Every other job board or job aggregator that's out there, they're going to have to do the same. You can't just play the same on-the-surface level model that you did before. You're going to have to start going down the funnel and start looking for cost per qualified candidates. Did the person actually meet the requirements in the job? Much like an MQL. So in sales and marketing for years, they've had MQLs, the actual qualified marketing leads, right? We need to get to something like that as well. We're going down the funnel. We know they meet the qualifications and that is worth a hell of a lot more than just a stinking click. Candidate screening and matching, candidate testing. If you take a look at like link up. For instance, they used to be an aggregator and they've pivoted into the data side of the house. So I see a lot of these smaller job boards focusing on down funnel, more qualified, and then some of these bigger organizations like a link up. Did they pivoted into data? So there's going to be a lot of pivoting that's happening. Just the tip.
2: Let's have a little history lesson, uh, kids. So in the early days of of job boards, uh, you would generally pick a category, sales, nursing, whatever, and then you would pick a location, and then it would serve you the jobs in date order. Not exactly the most efficient way to look for jobs. Keyword search came into it, which also led to keyword stuffing and keyword density issues. Uh, People putting all kinds of words in job postings. The algos got better. They knew titles were more important than, say, like text at the bottom of the page. Long story short, we haven't gone that far from where we originated 20, 25 years ago. I talk about LinkedIn uh, on a fairly regular basis about how bad their related searches are. LinkedIn, okay, Microsoft-owned, open AI, connected, engaged, Uh, it still thinks that I'm looking for host jobs at my local Chili's and Applebee's because I'm a co-host of a podcast. Not exactly mind-blowing AI going on at LinkedIn. Well, you f- you actually go to those establishments a lot. LinkedIn, it's not tracking <laughs> my location, I'm sure. You Maybe it is. That. Maybe it is. Listen to this <laughs> week's uh, podcast. But I just think it's sort of a silly conversation because the the only there are only few companies that have gotten this right, like Netflix. Netflix found out that people waste minutes on average browsing possible TV and movie options before they actually Mm -hmm. select what they want to watch. It's much more efficient to get better about what people want to watch. TikTok grew because I didn't have to search. I didn't have to follow anybody. It just knew that I wanted bug fights and big booty Latinas. Like magically knew that about me and kept serving me that because (laughs) of my preference. Can anyone really see a day where we go to any (laughs) job site and it just serves up what we want? I don't anytime soon. Maybe, maybe not. But is this a threat? Is this To me, this is a non-issue because we're so far behind TikTok and Netflix in this game that I don't even know why it's a discussion. We're still in the dark ages in, in recruitment and job search and knowing what people want and how to give them what they want, even when they don't even know that they want it like uh, TikTok. So for me, like it's a fun post to say, is AI a threat and AI is on, on the tip of everyone's tongue? But look, we're still basically help wanted ads in the window, but that window has become a computer screen. And we're still searching much like we did 20, 25 years ago.
3: So I think, Joel, you're saying we need kittens, more kittens in the vacancies. <laughs> I said uh, bug yes. fights. I'm playing I'm Latinos, Latinos, you said, right? <laughs> Maybe some Archibu. Kibu! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: my God, it's like Pavlov's dog with him, man. Anyway, okay. So
3: if you ask the... Aggregators, will AI be a threat? Of course it won't be a threat. Uh, We will use it to offer better matchmaking. And and thanks to AI, aggregators will be able to offer a better user experience by integrating high quality chatbots and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at aggregators today, why are they very good or why are they very known? It's because of excelling in search engine marketing. They own the search engine result pages. Indeed, for example, is top of class, at least in Europe and I I guess in the US Mm -hmm. as well. In search engine marketing. The problem is, search engines, they offer you websites. If you ask something, you get a list of websites. But tools like ChatGPT and Gemini and Copilots, they offer you answers. You ask a question, you get answers. So just imagine if you ask, and I did it, if you ask Gemini and Copilot and ChatGPT something like, give me a list of five major companies which are hiring engineers in Brussels today, have a good reputation and pay better than average, then they won't tell you to go to Indeed. They'll just offer you a list with hiring companies and they offer you the answer and the intermediary is, is, uh, cut out. They're, they're eliminated. And this might become a problem, if you ask me for those, um, those aggregators because ChatGPT is taking over their job as a platform and i tried it and just with the three big ones uh, co-pilots really sucks and they suck mostly at everything today so but uh, they suck at this as well and in a bad way uh, gemini gave a pretty good answer but chat gpt like always was the best and it actually offered me five major companies in brussels hiring maintenance engineers and According to some websites, ChatGPT claims to have checked, offered a bigger than average salary. And I checked the, the, the sites and it was right. Those companies were actually hiring. So this is still basic, basic, but it could make a very big difference. And of course, I know those companies used to be good in search engine marketing. So probably they will become very good in, in um, AI optimization, but still it's something new and they'll have to adapt. But uh, we were talking about cable, right? <laughs>
2: behavior wise i you know i go uh, you know someone dies i'm like how old was so and so and google just gives me the answer i don't have to go to a website about the per- i don't have to go to wikipedia mm-hmm. and their their website it just gives me the sure. answer i mean job search yep. for the most part is still archaic i can't just say what are the best jobs for seos in in indianapolis and it gives me like the 10 best and then i still have to i still have to do some stuff it doesn't just give me the answer but what levin mentions is a real possibility like at some point ai could know so much about you on google or wherever we are our co-pilot will know what our profile is it'll know what Mm -hmm. the jobs are out there and it'll say like hey there's a perfect job for you you want me to apply to it sure and it just it just and it does the interview for you and it schedules you for the whatever like that's (laughs) a real that could happen but it's probably not going to happen Out of Indeed. It's probably going to happen out of a Google or like a big, big AI company.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I really see that. Okay. So first and foremost, all these AI models we've talked about, it's a commodity. Everybody has them. Everybody's going to have them, right? So they're going to be everywhere. The thing that differentiates all of those AI models is data. That's it. So if you take a look at some of these, let's say, for instance, like a niche job board, they go into their database and they go into their database of candidates and then they start training off of the jobs that they're saying on a daily basis, come into the feeds and out. So you've got the, the job market side of the house. Then you also have the candidate data and then you invite them back to answer more information, that kind of thing. And then you start to create a model that's more of a engagement model than it is just sit and wait. Because that's what we have now. We just sit back and we wait for stupid LinkedIn emails to come to you. <laughs> they, just don't, they, they just don't match. We have technology and everybody's going to have the technology to be able to match that much faster and then reach out via SMS, via email, whatever it is, say, hey, this job looks perfect for you. And then since we have your information, how about a one-click apply? I, I think that's much closer than, than, than you think. We have, I agree, been in the dark ages, but I expect, again, with the velocity of all this tech... And how fast things are moving, that a lot of these companies, we'll talk about one of them later, a lot of these companies are going to have to. They're going to be forced to change very quickly or die. The
2: the challenge is you're on Google every day. You're on Facebook every day. I mean, people go to job sites when they need a job, and then they don't go back. I mean, LinkedIn is the most probable winner in this because, like… I know you're going to say only recruiters and salespeople go to LinkedIn, which there is, that's a valid point, but I, per, I, I personally spend way more time on LinkedIn than any job board and they still suck at it. So like you're in
1: this industry, the- so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But I'm there, and they they still don't know that much about me. Apparently, no, so how can a, how can a indeed where I go every two or three years because I need a job? How are they going to know what my preferences are? Like it's really hard. It, it, Again,
1: yeah, it flips the model. It flips the model. Instead of LinkedIn sitting there waiting for you to actually come in and do your thing, it's all about being able to force engagement, right? To be able to bring back people back in by giving them relevant content, which job boards have not done for years, as you'd said, co-host. Right. Has nothing to do with restaurants.
2: If indeed, could just fig- if indeed could just figure out how to bring bug fights into my job search, I'd be there <laughs> a lot more often.
1: But again, that comes down to the going down the funnel, you to be able to be more sticky. You have to get more data. To be able to get more relevant, you have to get more data, right? And these companies, these job sites have to get, these technologies have to get more sticky.
2: Leave in any thoughts before we transition?
3: No, no thoughts.
2: We'll uh, take a break from this and come back with some hot takes. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best
4: digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at fygi.nl.
1: Hit the KBU again. All right, you want some more KBU?
2: Yeah, you know our listeners want some more of this.
1: Oh yeah! This is
2: now what we're going to call the hot take playlist. Hot take playlist because <laughs> nothing's hotter than Kibou's keyboard, baby. All right.
3: But by the way, by the way, I checked. I checked, and this actually is Miami Vice. It's a theme song of Miami Vice, and Keibu, uh no, sorry, Jan Hammer. He composed it. He composed the music for 19 episodes, 90, sorry, of Miami Vice okay. until 2006. Hmm.
2: Is he going to show up in a yeah. white suit with some uh, pink? T-shirt, and some tapered uh, tapered bottoms.
1: Oh, enough cable already, for God's sakes. Uh, Jesus. And, and a Ferrari.
2: <laughs> a Ferrari. Let's get to some hot take. Finnish HR tech startup Workfellow has ceased mm-hmm. operations due to challenges faced in 2023, leading to bankruptcy. Founded in 2019, the company raised $3 million in seed funding led by Open Ocean, with additional backing from Icebreaker.vc, both of which sound very finnish as in Finland for our US listeners mm-hmm. and a few angel investors. Levin, you got a few thoughts on Workfellow.
3: What you got? Only one, just one. They used to be Finnish, but now they're finished. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. A dad joke. You no, know, Kibu is, is Finnish too, okay. and he's not Finnish. Kibu brings the best out of uh, Levin, doesn't he? So uh,
2: it's
1: no. it's interesting because it looks like Workfellow, much like smart recruiters, had a botched acquisition. A what? Botched acquisition. They had an acquisition that was that was starting to come through and it just fell apart, right? I went on to Crunchbase to check out more about Workfellow because I didn't know that much about them. And this is the description of the organization. Quote, Workfellow is a work intelligence platform to accelerate enterprise digital transformation journey. Plug and play to see the next best development cases all the time, end quote.
4: Doesn't anyone notice this? I what feel like I'm the taking fuck that.
1: No. <laughs> then you get into their areas of solution, digital transformation. Most people don't even know what the fuck that means. Improved automation, process development in accounting, real estate, telecom, global BPO, and Procurement was supposed to be coming soon. I mean, they were all over the map. One of the biggest issues we see with startups is that they overcomplicate the problem, the product, and the solution story, right? And they don't stay disciplined in a specific category. Accounting, real estate, telecom, global BPO. I mean, what the fuck, man? They're all over the place. It was too broad, too fast without the funds, obviously, that they need. They only had six Point one million USD. So this doesn't surprise me. Again, we see this with startups a lot. There's not enough discipline. They go all over the place. They try to PhD the marketing, and it all just implodes.
2: Just the tip. I echo uh, all of that. You know, when I'm when I first started reading through it, I thought, man, these guys just timed it just badly because it's the year of efficiency. And what these guys do is make your organization more efficient. So in a world where they should be kicking ass, they're filing for bankruptcy. So Chad, you're right on in that startups. You're in that seed round, uh, that pre like that three to five million dollars. Focus, focus, focus. You need to be focused, and your customers yeah. and prospects need to know what the hell you do. If you can't explain it. In an elevator ride or a a three-by-five postcard, it's too complicated. You need to dumb it down. And we find this with companies. You said PhD it to death. You get too many brains. Maybe there's a little desperation, like, "Well, this product isn't working. Let's focus on this market. Oh, that's not working. Focus on this." And before you know it, you're a salad of of, of chaos. And <laughs> what the hell are we doing? So and no yeah, calories. And, and, and by the way, they hired too many people. Uh, they had almost thirty people hired. I mean, you can go through a few million dollars with thirty people, thirty employees, real fast. And by the yeah. way, most of those people were not salespeople bringing in cash. So, this was mismanaged. <laughs> it was badly marketed and it was like uh, too much, too fast. And now they are finished with two ends. Thank you, Levin, for that. You're so welcome.
1: Anything to add, Levin? Did you know these guys well or at all? No,
3: never heard about them. You could have bought them for real cheap. <laughs> but, yeah, I checked their website, but I didn't know them before. But um, if they, they were launched in 2019, so they. Had a few years to spend, uh, three million they got. But indeed, if you hire charity people, it goes fast.
2: They're the most happiest country on the planet, so I think they're they're probably going to do just fine. Wasn't that
3: Norway? Could be. All right.
2: Well, from uh, Finland to Amsterdam. Yeah. The Amsterdam-based salmon slimmer has launched its first venture, Cuneiform. Cuneiform, based in Budapest, or as Chad likes to say, Budapest also in London and the Netherlands, (laughs) aims to transform talent acquisition in finance and law. Samen's Slimmer AI put in 700,000 euros in investment and a dedicated engineering team to help startups like Cuneiform bring their products to market quickly. Don't say QAnon, it's Cuneiform. Chad, your thoughts?
1: Well, if there is any segment in this industry that needs disruption, it's executive search Mm -hmm. so using algorithms to be able to identify engage and place executives faster will provide an opportunity for this company to squeeze competitor margins with lower fees and still make one hell of a profit so i think there's no question you take a look at some of the very high uh margin Companies that are out there, executive search has been, and I believe it will continue to be that. How do you make it faster? How do you make it stronger? How do you make it cheaper, but still get a nice size margin? I I like these guys. I like these guys so much that I might book a trip to Budapest just yes. to uh,
2: yes, winning. <laughs> I knew I'd get you to say it, Budapest. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Front runner for worst brand ever in our space. Cuneiform <laughs> is awful. No one can spell that. I can barely say it like change the name ASAP. It's a horrible name. Okay. (laughs) That aside, we don't know a ton about these guys because they are an invite only. Uh, You have to get on the wait list to sort of see behind the curtain. Um, But clearly, they're doing things right. uh, Financially, Um, they're growing at an organic pace. If you look at their LinkedIn data, they're adding headcount at a pretty organic uh, rate with, I assume, profits. Their CEO has experience uh, in recruiting. He was doing it for seven years, apparently, um, prior to the organization. I do think these segments of, of, of law and others are, are just ripe for innovation and disruption. And probably my favorite thing about this company is they're not afraid to talk a little trash. Uh, this is a quote from, <laughs> I think, their blog post. Um, uh-huh. It says, "MoonHub." Eightfold, Chad's favorite, Find 'em, Hero Hunt, People GPT, all promise to revolutionize recruitment, yet are based on the same poor quality data that has plagued recruitment for decades. End quote. So any startup who's willing to trash Eightfold, frankly, gets gets gold stars in my book. So cuneiform, <laughs> change the name, and you're on to something, my friends.
1: Executive search, you know a little bit about this, Levin, right?
3: Yeah. yeah, you just said if there is one business that needs disruption, it's executive search. I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure if there's one business that is getting disrupted right now, it's law. And the business where you don't want to be in today, I think, as a search and selection agency, is in uh, law profiles because all those jobs are getting automated right now. So, where you used to have like uh, one lawyer and five people helping the big lawyer, mm-hmm. you'll only have one person helping the big lawyer right now. And there will come a day where the lawyer himself will be able to use tools like ChatGPT. So I, I think uh, this is uh, right behind uh, translators. It's going down fast. I think finance is a very good runner-up. So if they, those people, CUNY firm, that's it, are specializing now in finance and in law, I wouldn't be the one investing in it. But uh, that's only my two cents. Good enough. Good enough. Another one. All right.
2: From Finland to Amsterdam and Budapest to Germany. In Germany, the Hamburg, Hamburg Higher Regional Court, which I've never been in, has ruled that companies have the right to know the identity of reviewers on sites like Canunu. Uh For our American listeners, that's the equivalent of Glassdoor uh, in Europe. Rejecting anonymity for reviewers. Employers can also have reviews deleted, citing the need for review authenticity and employer protection against false reviews. Chad, your thoughts on the Canunu
1: no-no. <laughs> so in Europe, you know, I'm sure this is a different country by country. But in Europe, I would expect that all of the worker protections that are in place would allow for employees to feel like they can be more transparent without uh, employer retaliation. Unlike here in the U S when you fire somebody for looking, looking cross-eyed at somebody. Uh, so leaving there are better workplace protections, especially in Germany where they have strong unions. So, so why might employees feel like they, they need to be anonymous Is it still that there, is there that fear that's, that's there because you do have better protections than many, many other areas in the world.
3: If you're still working for the company, it's probably not a good idea to um, publicly (laughs) complain about your employer. Yes. Uh, So then you might want to become anonymous uh, because you want to stay there, but you also want to complain. But to be honest, I totally agree. Anonymous complaints should be banned because it's just not fair. If you want to attack a company, you have to be open with it. You have to be blunt enough to say it. It's just too easy to be anonymous and to tell all kinds of things if you don't if you can't be confronted with your your talk. So I tend to agree with the banning of it.
1: I think the the canoe news of the world, the glass doors of the world, one thing they can't do is ensure that that individual actually worked for the organization, right? It could be just trolls talking shit.
3: Yeah, of course. It could be a a competitor. Yeah, that
1: was one of the reasons why this ruling went that way, because you need to be able to prove the accuser did actually work, number one. And then secondarily, you know, again, there are worker protections in place in Europe, Um, But again, I think this is a much different discussion happening in the EU versus, you know, here in the US.
2: Yeah, Mm. this is from uh, Publishers Weekly. I'm sure a a publication we all read on a regular basis (laughs) on on, on a weekly basis. even Weekly. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. There you go. This is going to prove my point. Exactly. Uh, Quote, the percent. Of U.S. adults who read novels or short stories, short stories declined at a 17% rate from 45.2% in 2012 to 37.6% in 2022, the lowest share on record. Kanunu doesn't have a legal problem. They have a humanity problem. No one <laughs> reads anymore. <laughs> These sites like Glassdoor and Canunu that rely on people literally going to a keyboard and typing what it was, what's it like? The pros and cons of a company are so yesterday. People want to go on TikTok. They want to go on Instagram. They want to talk trash. And by the way, anonymity doesn't matter anymore. Gen Z doesn't care. They want the dopa hit of the likes and the love that they're going to get on TikTok. They don't care about... Upsetting a company, they'd rather get people love them on on TikTok. So, to me, the real threat to these guys is not the law; it's that people don't write or read anymore. Until they adopt some sort of video way to review these things. But mm-hmm. even then it's it's going to fail because no one's going to hang out at Kanunu for video reviews. <laughs> They're going to hang out on TikTok where in between yes. the big booty latinas I get an occasional mm-hmm. rant about how much it sucks working at Walmart. That's what people want to watch. That's what that's the kind of content that people want to put on the internet. So to me like Glassdoor, Kanunu, these are antiquated businesses. Who cares what the courts do? Human The human condition is going to put these folks out of business. They have bigger problems than the Hamburg Higher Regional Court.
1: How long does Kanunu have, do you think, or even Glassdoor have before they are literally worthless? This
2: is where I get into trouble, Sowash, because you put me on the hook for like, when's something going to die? And then I say it's going to die. And then and then you go online and say, Cheeseman says Glassdoor is dead. And then all these haters come out. Yeah. Oh, you love it. And I love that Dopa hit. And you love the Dopa hit. So we're just as guilty. As everyone else, but uh, I mean, <laughs> if if these companies are around in ten years, I'll be I'll
3: be shocked. Yeah. What About you Levin? what do you think? Eight years. Eight no, <laughs> oh, years. Eight years. I'm going Not to bet a dollar. Go ahead. I think we're going <laughs> to cancel them all. The generation, <laughs> what's it called, is going to cancel them all.
1: Gen Z, Alpha. Af- after them,
4: another one.
2: All right. Hello, work. A France-based job board operator reported a 15.9 percent year-on-year revenue increase to 117 million us dollars in 2023 attributing its growth to acquisitions and investments in innovation the company which doubled in size over four years plans further acquisitions and international expansion despite the recent passing of co-founder jerome arm booster which we talked about on the show hello work has apparently achieved what few other job boards have done recently continued growth and internationalization chad what's your take on Hello Work.
1: How can you have a job board with such a great name like hellowork.com? And then another one that you're talking about taking to the U.S., Jobby Joba. <laughs> Jobby Joba. I mean, I, I think it's a dot .com. I can't remember. Anyway, those two sites accounted for 70% of the revenue. Right. That is, that's pretty legit. You know, the company had pre- previously said that it had earmarked a minimum of 55 million for acquisitions between 23 and 26. Uh, so they're looking to acquire, they're looking to spread out and go to the U S but wait, there's more, wait, there's more mm-hmm. jobby Joba once again. <laughs> Uh, is going to have a budget of several millions of euros allocated to market it in the U.S. I, and they're going to need every penny of it. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why organizations who are doing incredibly well don't double down where they're doing well, because they understand that market. Taking Jobby Joba, I'm make a prediction, taking Jobby Joba to the U.S. is going to crash right? And all the millions of euros that they spend is going to be for not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I hate to see this. I really hate to see this. I'd rather see Hello Work and Jobby Joba stay in the EU. That's Do right. really well, get better penetration.
2: That's right. A, a job board success story. Yeah. <laughs> not, it is. Not so fast. It is. Not so yeah. fast. Not here. Not so fast. All right. The numbers look great, but I, I think They're a tad bit skewed. Oh, wait a minute. They've made acquisitions, which bring in money, but you haven't really innovated or built more customers. You've just bought companies that bring in more money. So that's great. But is it really like robust growth? I, I question that. Uh, increased visibility. They quoted that in the, the press release. Increased visibility is Latin for a lot of advertising dollars. And like I said, they're going to need it for Jobby Joba, Job of the Hut, or whatever the <laughs> fuck this job board's name is. So they're spending more. They're adding to the bottom line because they're spending more. You get the theme uh-huh. here. They're spending more. They're coming to different countries. Again, they're spending more money to set up shop in the UK. Uh, They're coming to Spain, Switzerland, according to uh, the press release. Look, it's, it's pretty easy to like copy and paste and open up in new countries, spend more money, hire more people there. They're falling into the same trap of indeed zip recruiter. It's this never ending cycle of spend more money get more money in clients posting stuff but you have to spend more money to get candidates to come to the site which then apply to the it's like this never-ending cycle of advertising and as soon as you shut that off the traffic dries up we've seen it multiple times in our super bowl ads yeah in our period in this industry and good god a name like Jobby Joba makes Cuneiform look like a good brand name. Good Lord. Who's in the marketing department at this company? We're taking <laughs> Joby Joba to the US. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Are you fucking
3: kidding me? Wait a
1: minute. Levin loves him. He's got like his favorite t-shirt bills. is his Jobby Joba t-shirt.
3: I love myself a Jobby <laughs> Joba.
2: Um, I want a Jobby Joba t-shirt. <laughs> Hit me up. I'll give you my address in the U.S. and I'll be the first American (laughs) to wear the Joby Joba brand on our shores. Promise.
1: You can just send some to Levin in in Amsterdam and we'll just pick them
3: up there. It'd be much
1: easier.
2: Yes. Give me a case of Duval and put that in the box. So
3: people, I feel obliged, listeners of Chad and Cheese, I feel obliged Mm. to tell you something. Every time Joby Joba was mentioned, they'll get one bottle. They were promised by Joby Joba one bottle (laughs) for each time they mentioned the name. So this explains. Anyways, we were talking about Hello Work. (laughs) Hello Work, not Joby Joba. Does it come from me as well? Getting the bottles? (laughs) Joby Joba. But um, Hello Work. Uh, It's French. And that's about anything positive I can say about them, I feel.
2: I I prefer Joby Joba. Maybe that makes sense. It's a European (laughs) name. But I'm telling you as an American my whole life, this Joby Joba is not happening in america it ain't.
1: well i mean they're, they're looking to expand the uk they've got all these other areas that they're looking to expand and let's again. Say call
2: disney and get job of the hut as their spokesperson <laughs> jobby joba is not still not gonna work in america still not gonna work i love it oh, something that looks so like a
1: big pile of shit is, of not, time, a, is not is not attracting people okay
2: <laughs> okay all right let's move on to to good okay. job whoo Yeah. Mm. Germany's Zeit Publishing Group has acquired a majority stake in Berlin's Good Jobs, not Gut Jobs. Uh, Terms were not disclosed. Good Jobs ensures job postings aim to have a positive impact on the environment and society. The group sees the investment as expanding its offering to a relevant and attractive market segment, which is Latin for Gen Z. Chad, what are your thoughts on Good Jobs?
1: I think I wanna hear from Levin on this one. This is uh we, we talked about uh in podcasts past about uh, you know, uh, newspapers getting behind some of these uh these organizations, which provides more power, obviously, and in, and in, in money to them. Here in the US we kinda of laugh at that, but Levin it actually said that, you know, that's that's something that actually means something over there. So g-
3: give me give me some feedback here, Levin. What do you think about this? So good job sis. Focusing on social and sustainable jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you ask me, it smells like underpaid. So good jobs <laughs> might sound good, but it's not so good paid jobs, I feel. Definitely in Germany. <laughs> but uh, anyways, if you're Gen Z and you want to make yourself useful, definitely go to goodjobs.eu and uh, become a better person. I myself was from Gen X and I went for the money. Oops, winning. So good jobs. You have goods, then you have better and you have best, but you can start at good jobs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean the only thing—the only thing I can say about this is, again, we're still seeing whether we like it or not, proliferation of job boards that are not just going out there in, as in Hello Work and the Hello Work group, actually making cash, mm-hmm. but they're getting investment. Again, the, the the market is much different in the you know in Europe than it is in the U.S. But still, there's cash to be had in them dour hills mm-hmm. of job boards, uh, and obviously, good jobs is seeing some of the good cash.
2: Yeah, uh, I think on the weekly show we talked about Hatch out uh, in Australia, and I said yeah. uh, somebody must have been <laughs> stung by a scorpion or some other poisonous. Somebody at Good Job had some bad schnitzel. Uh, in this case, look, <laughs> I know. Everyone wants to be the cool thing. They want to be like Gen Z darlings. They want to, this ain't your daddy's Studebaker, right? They want to be the cool thing. We're all about the environment. We're all about like all those things that Gen Z loves. And unfortunately for X, all the three Xers on this call, Gen Z is the future. They're the largest generation the world has ever seen. I believe anyone can correct me on that which means there are going to be a myriad of services and products that are aimed to get their business. And for better or worse, the kids love the ESG narrative. And good job (laughs) and hatch are a trend that we all get to enjoy as old white people that this is the way that it's going to be. Is it going to be successful? I doubt it. We're talking about cold, hard cash leaving. We're talking about opportunities. We're talking about advancing your career, not saving the planet. Although that's nice to think about when you do it. Get off my lawn, so wash,
3: Young punk. But I think uh, Gen Z might be the biggest population if you look at it from a global perspective. But in uh, the West, it's uh, definitely a small one if you compare it to the baby boomers. Gen Z is actually, uh, it's, it's pretty small. And I, I, I really, I still feel... Good jobs is a terrible name because then someone launches better jobs and you're totally fucked. Mm. Good jobs. (laughs) So you never should call yourself good. And again, taking a look
1: at Gen Z as a a target market in Germany alone, you're looking at uh, less than 14% of the German population. That's 11.5-ish, 0.6 million people. Is that a large enough Segment to actually make make money off of. That's and, the question, yeah. right? And, and is it too broad? And are they way too entry level at that point? Because yeah, you're not going to get a great job as an entry level. Definitely not on good jobs. Huh? If you only go to good jobs, you won't find a great job. No. Do the economics actually work behind this? Which is what we talked about with Hatch.
3: Eleven or how many people did you say? Eleven million or something? That's Eleven point five million. Yeah, that's still. A lot of people. If those becomes your candidates, your client, that's a lot of clients. If you get them all. Yeah, if you get them all. Even if you get a small percentage of them, it's still plenty. But um, questions are, are those people, will they, the moment they graduate and the moment they enter the job market, will they still be interested in in the social part of it? I'm not sure. If I look at my students, they're all very Gen Z until they start looking for a job and then they want to have uh, cash, cash. (laughs) Definitely.
2: And, and there's also a bigger picture, like good job is a publication, they have other good stuff that they're growing. So they're trying to build this whole monolithic, holistic mm. thing, and jobs Ecosystem. is just a yeah, like jobs is a piece of it. So they don't need to have every Gen okay, Z okay. person using it to call it a success. But look, historically, publications that try to be a lot of things to a lot of different people usually end up being nothing to no one. See we ya. Out. See ya soon, <laughs> Levin. See you soon. See you and soon,
3: Dean. We'll also be seeing... Going out on weeks. some kibu. That's kibu, right. Yes. Man, that's
2: right. Chill the I and love And fire it. up the yeah. red light district leaving. We're coming to Europe. Another one we'll in the can, boys. We'll see you soon. We out. We out. We out.
4: Thank you for listening to... What's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. Yeah.